If you have your Bibles this morning, I want to open to John chapter 10. We're going to look there today. There's a book titled 102 Minutes, and it's the untold story of the fight to survive in the Twin Towers during 9-11. And it's uh, this unbelievable, up-close, moment-by-moment account of the struggle for life inside the Twin Towers that morning. And every minute was precious. 14,000 people were inside those towers. 12,000 were able to escape, but over 2,700 lost their lives. And one of the most interesting things and gripping parts of the story is the account of how some people lived and some people died, and it was all dependent on one decision they made. Which door did they take? To give you an example, in one situation, there was a group of people in an office, and they were trying to flee after the plane had hit the tower. And they had to make this decision, and most of the people in that group decided to take the door that led into the elevator. The rest of the group took the door that led to the stairway. And the group in the elevator died. The group in the stairway lived. And it's this physical picture of a virtual reality about our life. See, our life is all about taking the right door. See, I want to talk this morning about probably the single most important door that anyone in their lifetime ever decides whether they're going to walk through or not. And this door has no hinges, no knobs, no locks. It doesn't swing out or in. This door is Jesus. See, we're in this series called I Matter, and we're looking at these statements Jesus made, these I am statements. And each statement tells us a little bit more about who Jesus is and what we can become because of who Jesus is. How we can have two things in this life that, that everyone is desperate to have, significance and security. Because so many people in this world go through life without achieving either of them. Years ago, UCLA psychologist James Coleman wrote, As modern-day person struggles with the question of their own existence, science falls short of providing answers. It can tell us how. It just can't tell us why. See, the good news is Jesus tells us why. Because nobody understands you and me better than God. Nobody understands our need to feel significant, to believe that our lives matter more than God. And Jesus says four words that give us one of the keys to finding the significance in the life. And it's this. I am the door in John 10. Now, if you have the NIV version, it says, I am the gate. But this morning, I want us to look at a different version, the New American Standard version this morning. He says, I am the door. In fact, he actually says this twice in a matter of just a few moments to emphasize the fact of him being the door. This is the the full verse, John 10, verse 7. So Jesus said to them again, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Now his readers or his listeners would have immediately known exactly what he was talking about. But if you've never raised sheep 
in Israel, you probably don't get it, because I didn't. So let me just explain a little bit. See, before this, Jesus was talking to them, and he said he was the good shepherd. But they didn't really understand what he was saying. Verse 6 said this, this figure of speech Jesus spoke to them, they didn't understand what those things were that he had been saying. And so Jesus decides, I'm going to try another comparison, another metaphor. And so he compares himself to the door of the sheep. So in Israel, there's two different kinds of, of sheepfolds, of you know, places where you keep your sheep. And there was one that would be near a village or a town, and, and, and it was for all of the shepherds, for all of their sheep in that town. And so the owners of the sheep, they would pool their resources, and they would hire someone that would guard the sheep. And he would only let in the shepherds that he knew personally owned those flocks. Now, the other kind of sheepfold, it was out in the hills. It was away from the village. And it was this walled enclosure. And on three sides, there would be walls of rocks piled about a foot high. There was no roof. And then on the fourth side, there would be this small opening, five or six feet wide. And, and every evening, the sheep would get herded in through this entranceway. And then the shepherd would literally lie down in front of that opening, becoming the door of the sheep. And this way, nobody could go in unless the shepherd allowed it, and no sheep could escape unless the shepherd allowed it. In fact, even today, if you go to Israel, you can see these sheepfolds out in the desert on the roads that lead from Jerusalem down to the Dead Sea. But one of the most amazing things you ever see is this flock of sheep following their shepherd, simply going wherever the shepherd leads them, putting their complete trust in the shepherd. And then late in the day, they get herded into the sheepfold. And the shepherd lies down, becomes the door of the sheep. See, as the door of the sheep, the shepherd gives the sheep the two things that, that we're looking for, doesn't he? He gives them security because they know that they are safe as long as the shepherd is guarding the door. And he gives them significance by the fact that the shepherd is willing to lay down his life for the sheep. And that tells us all we need to know about how important those sheep are to the shepherd. He's their protector, their provider. I hope you caught the point. The shepherd is Jesus. We're the sheep. That's why we continue to say that true, lasting significance and security are only found in Jesus. You know, one of my favorite things that I love throughout the, the Gospels is Jesus' way to teach people. Because he would take these familiar, ordinary, everyday objects and he would reveal these great, extraordinary spiritual truths with them. He would take these earthly objects and give it heavenly meanings. He does it over and over again, and here he does it with something that all of us encounter on a daily basis. Doors. In fact, I, I can almost guarantee every one of us went through at least four or five doors this morning just, just to get here. So why does Jesus refer to himself as a door? See, if you think about it, there's only two things you can do with a door. You can open it from the outside and go in. Or you can open it from the inside and go out. The door is basically an entrance or an exit. 
And so Jesus tells us that anytime you walk through a door, you're either entering a place or exiting one. And so the secret to finding significance in this life is to make sure you walk through the right door. The door named Jesus. Because through Jesus, you get to exit a meaningless life. See, go back to those people at the Twin Towers for just a moment. Right after the plane hits. Smoke is everywhere. Debris is floating in the air. You're choking on the dust and the toxic fumes. And you run out of your office and you have to make a quick decision. Do I take the elevator or do I take the stairs? And sadly, one door leads to life and the other door leads to death. Take the right door, you live. You take the wrong door, you die. It's, it's that simple and life is like that. Every day, each one of us, the six billion plus people on this planet, Choose to walk through doors, doors of marriage, doors of having children, doors of how we spend our finances, doors of accepting jobs. I mean, if you're married, you are married to the person you're married to because you chose to walk through their door instead of someone else's door. If you talk to any business leader with financial success, talk to anyone who has made a life of of fulfillment and meaningfulness, they'll tell you that It's because they chose to walk through the right door. But on the other hand, there are are young men and women who spend their lives behind bars because they chose to walk through the wrong door. There are people in in miserable marriages because they chose to walk through the the wrong door. And I have to tell you, there's, there's nothing more frustrating than walking through what you think is the right door only to find out later it's the wrong one. The door you thought was filled with peace and fulfillment and security and satisfaction, only to find out it wasn't. Jesus is the right door. And after saying that he was the door of the sheep, he makes this statement in verse 8. He says, all who came before me were thieves and robbers. Think about that. God wants us to live lives of satisfaction, right, of significance, But when we enter through these wrong doors, there are these thieves, these robbers, and they they steal our peace and our joy. They steal our contentment and our satisfaction. And there are doors that people walk through every day that, that they think is the right door, and they only find out it's the wrong. Many of us have done that, haven't we? We've all gone through those doors and we thought, man, this is the right job. This is the right person. This is the right thing. This is exactly what I know I should be doing. And And you turn, you go, oh, that was not right. We've done that. And the good news is, if you're in that right now, if you've gone through the wrong door and you're like, man, I need to get out of here now, it's never too late to exit, to walk through the door. Because through Jesus, you get to exit this meaningless life. He said in verse 9, I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. I mean, think about this promise that he just made to all of us who come to him, who enter through him. He says you will be saved, right? You will be in this eternal relationship with God and you will be safe because the sheep can go in and out without fear. And you'll be satisfied because What do sheep need to be satisfied? Pasture, green grass, right? 
That's why we see that Jesus said, the thief came to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. You know, it's interesting. Jesus calls himself the door, and then he shifts gears, and he starts talking about this abundant, meaningful life. And See, we understand that when you come to Jesus, you not only exit meaningless life, but then you enter meaningful life. Remember, you walk through a door, one of two things happens, right? You exit a room, and you enter a room. And Jesus says that when you come to him, whether it's for the first time that you've accepted him as a follower of Christ, or, or whether you come to him on a daily basis as a follower of Christ, we get to exit this life of, of frustration, of meaninglessness. We get to enter a life of fulfillment. I mean, he said the thief comes to kill and destroy. The thief is all those wrong doors that we walk through. If you walk through the wrong doors of greed or lust or jealousy or selfishness or pride or anger, they, they just suck the joy out of your life, don't they? They rob you of the significance. But as we enter that door, Jesus, we enter a life that's far better than just Rolexes and Mercedeses and mansions. We enter this life of joy and of peace that we don't find anywhere else. See, Jesus makes a difference here between life and abundant life. In verse 10, he said, my purpose is to give life in all its fullness. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Braveheart. But in there, there's the main character, William Wallace. He's the hero of the movie. And there's a line in there, and he says, you know, everyone dies, but not every man truly lives. It was a little boy. His dad had gone off to war, and he was really worried about his father's safety. And so he wrote him this letter, and he said, Dear Dad, I love you, and I hope you live all of your life. That's what God wants for us, to live all of our life. But the sad fact is, so many people go through this life and they just exist. They're not truly living. But Jesus didn't put us here on this earth just to take up space and be here a few years and then die. He wants us to live lives of, of significance, lives of importance. Author Jack London put it this way, and I love this. He said, I would be rather be ashes than dust. I'd rather my spark burn out in a brilliant blaze than it be stifled by dry rot. I'd rather be a superb meteor, every atom of me in magnificent glow, than a sleepy permanent planet. The proper function of man is to live, not exist. So I shall not waste my days in trying to prolong them. I'll use my time. Isn't that what we want for our lives? Not just to exist, but to make our lives count? Don't we want to find significance and security and purpose and meaning and enjoy this life to the fullest? The key is when we walk through the door marked Jesus and we surrender our lives to him, when we allow him to be the shepherd of our life, when we allow on a daily basis our lives to go to him, to the word of God and to feed on the bread of life. And every day following his will for our lives. That's where we find security and significance. 
There's another door that, that I want to share with you that Jesus felt was important, and that's the door to our hearts. Revelation 3.20, Jesus talking about our heart. He said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come to him and dine with him and he with me. And Jesus said that if we open the door of our earthly lives to him, he opens the door to eternal life with us. The most important door we ever walk through is Jesus. When I was little, or, let me flip that. When my boys were little, I was big at the time. Amy and I and our boys and, and my parents, we, we climbed in our minivan and we drove down to St. Louis for the weekend. And we had planned to go to all of these fun places that, that you take little kids when you go to a new city, right? We were going to go to the Children's Museum and the zoo and the arch and, and visit all those great sites. Well, we were driving, and I had my GPS all programmed to where we were going to go, and we were going down the road, and it said, turn left. So I turned left, and it said, turn right, and I turned right, you know, doing good, and then all of a sudden, it says, continue two miles, and I look in front of me, and there's the Missouri River. There's no bridge going over the river. There's just the curb and a little gravel, and then the river, and I'm thinking, uh, what's going on here? <laughs> I had to make this quick decision, right? Do I follow the GPS and just drive right into the river? I mean, maybe there's a hidden road that when you get close, it pops up and you get to, I didn't know. Or do I turn the GPS off and find a new way? Hopefully, you know, your preacher's smart enough, I turn the GPS off. So now what's the moral of that story? Whether we're following wrong directions or we're walking through the wrong door in life. We're never going to get where we could have been, where we should have been. But when we choose the right door, when we walk through Jesus, we find out that we matter. Not because of what we have. We matter because of who he is. So as we close this morning, let me just ask, have you walked through the right door? Have you surrendered your life to Christ? Or is that something you need to do this morning?